The Pinball Network is online. Launching. Just another pinball podcast. Hello, this is Joel Engelberth with Just Another Pinball Podcast, episode 22. 22, and I am very excited to have a chance to record another podcast for you guys. Um, I'm definitely shooting for like every other week, and um, so far so good with this year. Uh, This year has been not at all what I expected it to be. Um, So far this year, I've really just been doing interviews, and I, to tell you the truth, have loved every minute of it. I would love to continue to do them. Um, there's some amazing people in this hobby, whether they're working in the industry or just, you know, big into the hobby. Um, I, I love it. I I would love to do that. I like the banter. I like the discussion. Um, so if anybody listening, you know, would like to like to potentially be on the podcast so we could discuss stuff, uh, let me know, shoot me another or shoot me an email at just another pinball at gmail.com. Um, so I kind of want to go over those and I actually think I have a few more potential interviews lined up, which, uh, could be a ton of fun and I'm definitely looking forward to that. But I thought after three interviews in a row, it might make sense to just kind of do a catch up episode. You know, what's going on? What, what have I experienced so far this year? You know, what's, yeah, what's really going on, uh, with pinball or at least in my world, what I'm, what I'm seeing or experiencing. Um, so let's dive in. And uh, what I will tell you, I'll give you a little hint. Um, the end of the episode, I w- I'm going to go through what I personally think are my most-have mods for a pinball machine. So feel free to uh, strap in and look forward to that. But to start off here, let's just do a quick recap. Um, if you haven't listened to my last three episodes, do it. Absolutely do it. I, I've had a ton of fun recording them. Um, but three weeks ago, I actually interviewed Marv Loco or Travis Murray. He's a competitive, very, very, very skilled pinball player. He also does um, Marv Loco, the YouTube channel. He's Marv on Twitch. Um, just an absolute fantastic guy. Really fun talking to him. But one of the main reasons I talked to him is um, on stream, I was streaming with a buddy of mine. He was kind of coaching me, um, Nick the Pinsomniac. You can find him on Twitch. And this is when I had Avengers. I had an Avengers Pro here in the house that I was borrowing from Zach at Flippin' Out Pinball. And um, I was having a lot of fun with the game. But there there were things about the game that I enjoyed. And there were things about the game that I didn't care so much for. But when I was streaming with Nick, I, I did something I typically don't do. Most of the time when I'm playing pinball, I'm trying to, you know, basically, I'm trying to work towards uh, the wizard modes. I want to I experience the game. I want to experience the modes. I want to experience the side quests, anything that's in there. I want to see assets. I want to, you know, I want the pinball moments. I'm all about the pinball moments. But one thing that I've never really given a chance is score and really trying to pursue score. So the idea of like a jackpot, super jackpot, like building your multipliers and, and, you know, trying to cash out for big points, it was just never something I cared about. But when I was playing with Nick, what I realized was by pursuing points, I was actually seeing more of the game. So um, with Avengers, the first time you, com- you, you complete the Avengers, you get into the Soul Gem mode. The second time, I think, is Black Order Multiball. I had tried multiple times, trying a lot, trying to get to Black Order Multiball. I never could. But once I started pursuing points and trying to line stuff up and being smart, okay, I'm going to this mode. Let me get this multiball going. Let me do this. Let me do that. All of a sudden, I was actually seeing and experiencing more of the game. And um, the conversation I had with Travis was just that mentality of like, how do you address a game in a competitive manner versus how do you address it in your home? And just listening to a, a, a you know really skilled player break down the way that he experiences pinball and how different it is when he's experiencing pinball at home versus in a tournament. And um, I will tell you, I had a lot of fun playing that game that night. And when you cash out and you hit massive shots for massive points, it's um it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. And um part of me was afraid that I was just <laughs> gonna I, I was gonna come away from that stream and thinking like it's time to compete. It's time to really get serious and focus in on score. Um but 
that not that hasn't happened um i still think i value you know moments and modes and experiencing you know assets and stuff more so than score but i definitely gained a lot of appreciation not only during that stream but also in the conversation with travis so feel free to listen to that especially if you're into you know competitive play or if you enjoy pursuing games on a points you know all about hitting that grand champion that gc score um feel free to give that a listen too the next week, I had an amazing opportunity to actually interview Scott Denisi. Anybody that's listened to this podcast knows that I own and love my TNA, my Total Nuclear Annihilation. And I just respect the heck out of Scott for essentially building that thing from scratch. He's He has his hand on, I think he's touched every bit of the game, but he basically did everything in that game except for the art. And um, it was a really fun breakdown of like, let me, you know, start at the beginning. When when was it that you just started decided that you were going to design a machine? And then how do how do you go about doing that? You know, what Whitewood conceptually, what were your design constraints? What did you do? How did you limit yourself or what were your goals? And working through and talking through every step of that was a blast. It was really 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 enjoyable talking to Scott. So anybody that hasn't listened to that podcast, if you like TNA, go back and listen to that podcast. If you're considering making your own pinball machine or you're into homebrew or design or just art or or engineering or any of that, go back and listen to that podcast because I had an absolute ton of fun talking to Scott. I respect the heck out of him. It was just a really, really enjoyable, really, really enjoyable conversation um, talking to Scott about that. And then the last podcast I did, I actually had an amazing chance to talk to Raymond Davidson, uh, number one pinball player in the world, but also one of the coders at Stern, and trying to talk to him once again about, you know, how is it that a competitive player, essentially one of the top, if not the top competitive players, working with Keith Elwin, you know, arguably the GOAT, the the Michael Jordan of pinball, um, you know, how how do those two brains come together and make Avengers, but also make Avengers approachable. How do you, how do you address that? How does Stern view, you know, coding in different levels, different skill levels in a game? And how do you code in different experiences and try to think through all that? And just, um, it was really enjoyable talking to, to Raymond, um, and what he enjoys and and how he addresses some things there. So I'm really looking forward to, I'm hoping to make a few more contacts at Stern to continue to pick their mind or really any, any manufacturer. I'm, I'm willing to, to talk to anybody. Just, I really like talking to creative people and trying to understand how their minds are working and, and listening to Raymond about the way that he, um, you know, when he's given a multi-ball, like, it's like, all right, code this multi-ball. It's like, well, where do you start and what's the goals? And just listening to the way that he thought through that problem solving, um, I found really, really enjoyable. So I've had a ton of fun. I, I mean, this is episode 22, but I'd have to say those last three episodes were, were some of my favorite to record. Um, so absolutely. I would recommend going back and listening to those. Um, other changes, uh, my game room has actually gone through a bunch of changes in the last, well, year, really. Um, late January, um, I actually ended up selling Avengers. I never owned it. I was borrowing it from Zach at Flipping Out Pinball, but I had a buddy in the area that had, was interested in it. So I let Zach know, hooked the two up, and boom, they he, the sale happened. Um, so Avengers is gone. Um, I will probably do a more in-depth review of it at some point, but um, my main takeaways now that it's out of the house, do I miss it? Um, I do. I do miss playing Avengers. Um, what I liked about Avengers was every time you played it, you could attack it differently. There was there was plenty in the game. Well, one thing, I, the day it left my house, the very next day is when Stern released the code that put Thanos into the game. With that said, was I anywhere close to getting to Thanos? No, but um, I know that they're continuing to add and polish that game. And what I miss is this: there are so many different ways to attack that game. Uh, it shoots great, um, but it is definitely, I felt like I was becoming a better player uh, the more I played it. But when you play it, it is, it's a mental uh, workout. You know, if you're really trying to, to understand what to do in that game and you're constantly asking yourself, what do I, you know, which direction do I want to go? Do I want to do this? Do I want to do that? Um, I would say it's not a pin to just step up and just have a good time, you know, like relax and just flip the ball and just laugh. Uh, it's not, it's, it is a pinball player's game and it, and it, it, I just don't think it's, it's, it's made for casuals or newbies. 
And because of that, when you're, when you step up, it's a workout. Um, but I miss it. I, I enjoyed streaming that game because that game was easy to play for three hours because you could attack it so many different ways. Um, so still an enjoyable game. I definitely enjoyed having it. So Avengers went out. Well, I've been saving money for quite a while now, and I just got together enough money, and I was trying to decide. It's like, okay, well, what? You know, I'm, I'm right at the amount of money where I might be able to get a, a solid used game. Um, but what, what are some of the games that are on my, my wish list? And one of those games was Metallica. Now, Metallica is a band that I like. I, I enjoy Metallica. I enjoy their music. I've enjoyed the pin. Whenever, I, whenever I've been at an at, at a arcade or anything and I have a chance to play Metallica, I've enjoyed it. Uh, Sparky is probably one of the best bash toys ever made in pinball. It's incredibly entertaining to start that. Uh, and there's so many different, there's what, four different multiballs to pursue. It shoots great. Um, I just knew it was a fun pin. But the thing that, that kept drawing me towards Metallica was... You know, there are certain posts on Pinside that are like, if you could have a three-pin collection, what would you have? If you could have a five-pin collection, what could what, what could you have? And a lot of people always included Metallica in that grouping, and it just gets a ton of love. Some people are like, Metallica is the best Stern game ever made, uh, or it's the best game that's been made. I think after 2010. You know, it's like there is so much love for Metallica. Well. Um, a buddy of mine, the one that actually got um, Avengers, he had one and he had one used and he sold it to me for a good price. And so I got Metallica. So in my mind, I was thinking, here we go. I'm going to have uh, Turtles. I'm going to have TNA and then I'm going to have Metallica. And these are the three games that I'm going to have for a while. And, and let's let's dive in and have a good time. Well, what I will say about Metallica is the first two days I had it, I was just I felt like I was just barely scraping the surface. I was just pursuing multi-balls. I was just trying to collect the, you collect the main shots. There's the four main shots, which is Cross, Sparky, Coffin, and Snake. And if you collect enough of those, then you can get to crank it up. So my goal was just getting to crank it up, which is which in my mind was like, that's a mini wizard mode. That's kind of the goal. Um, I'll tell you right now, is I was playing it wrong. Um, what completely changed my mind was the tunatorial there's a uh what is it mixer tuna which is on buffalo pinball he's on youtube as well uh he does his tunatorials which are very in-depth tutorials kind of like bowen with papa but um he did a, an amazing job doing this tutorial and what he explained to me was the idea of there's this roaming shot this red shot and there's these different lanes. So you have your orbits left and right. You have the coffin shot. You have your in your in your two ramps. And depending on how you hit them, you fill up the inserts in front of them. And by filling up the inserts in front of them, you're actually then getting more point, like more shots. So if I fill up, you know, if I hit the left ramp and then I hit Sparky, I I light the Sparky insert in front of the left ramp. Then if I hit Snake, I light the Snake insert in front of the left ramp. So what that means is every time I hit the left ramp, I'm actually getting credit for Sparky and Snake. And then you can go all the way to if you get the cross insert as well and you have all the inserts lit, then you hit that insert again and then you hit coffin, you'll fill up that lane. And what that means is for the rest of the game, anytime you hit the left ramp, you're getting credit for three other shots. Um, but what it really introduced to me was Metallica is entirely a game of risk and reward. And that is really fun. Um, when you play... You know, you plunge the ball or right before you plunge, it's like, okay, well, my cross is my lit shot. So do I want to pursue Sparky and try to get into a multi-ball and try to collect this? Or do I want to hit cross and try to fill out the cross lane first? And, oh, I have th two of those shots. Should I hit that shot again to get the third to try to complete that so I have it locked in for the rest of the game? Or should I, like, what I was not prepared for was mentally Metallica is constantly keeping you on your toes. You are constantly wondering what makes the most sense. Should I be filling out this lane? Should I be, trans? you know, my shot right now is the left ramp. Should I go for the right ramp instead? Or should I find, you know, an or like a safer shot or one I'm more comfortable with? Fill that shot out because once you get one or two lanes complete, then you just have to hit a few shots and boom, you filled up your inserts and you can get to crank it mode pretty easily. Crank it up pretty easily. And that's where I realized crank it up really isn't a wizard mode. Like it kind of is. It depends on your definition of it. But it's really just more of a mode. It's just there's a lot to do to qualify to get in it. And that's like to me, I thought that would be like a, a, 
uh, crank it up would be something that you'd you'd achieve a, a handful of times. Like it would be a rare thing to get to. And no, once you know the how you're gonna attack this game, crank it up is actually pretty easy to get to. And there's a whole nother huge can of worms once you're in crank it up. There's a ton of strategy to crank it up. And that is insane to me. So you, you know, you're you're questioning, do I go for multi-ball right now or do I go for this shot or do, which shot do I want to put it on or which lane do I want to fill up and which makes the most sense? And okay, I just did that multi-ball. I was able to get these shots. Should I go ahead and get another multi-ball going or should I try to finish this up and get to crank it up and save that multi-ball for when I get out or crank it up? It's just constant, constant, constant decision-making. And I just wasn't prepared for that type of mental workout with that game. Um now, with all that said, you're making all these decisions. You're questioning, what shot do I want to do? And at any point, you if you drain, your progress is gone. You lose it. You're back to square one um, unless you've completely filled out the lane. And that, I've never had a game that I just felt like I was constantly being kicked in the nuts. Like, it, And it wasn't because it was like a stupid ball drain. It was more of, I'm going to risk this. I'm going to try to push this. I'm going to try to go farther and see if this, it, and sometimes it, it really pays off. And other times it's like, nope, brick shot, missed it, didn't recover, drain, back to square one. And what a, what a roller coaster. What a roller coaster that game of, I hate this game. Like, this game is no fun to, like, this game is incredible. This code is genius. You know, like, I've got everything lined up. Like, Raymond's all about doing stuff, and then here's the party. You know, you know, we finally, let's start the party kind of thing. Um, and that is, I will absolutely 100% say that Metallica shoots great. It's John Borg. John Borg has a fantastic design. We will, he still has his same left out lane that he has in Guardians or Turtles. I mean, that will make you mad. That will piss you off. You will get bored. That is a thing um, where the ball goes out the left out lane. But with that said, it, it shoots great. But the code, Lyman, holy cow. Like, I think Lyman Sheets is known for like his crazy in-depth code with Batman or Elvira. But it's like his code in Metallica is so much deeper and more balanced than people realize i think i think a lot of people think metallica is just a lot of toys and a lot of bashing and a lot of hitting this to get into multi-balls multi-ball 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 that's not it at all there is so much strategy to metallica that makes that game really fun then you get into crank it up crank it up is a single ball game it's a once you get to crank it up it's a single ball mode it can't be a multi-ball so now it's just like you have to be a good shot you have to be precise you have to be smart with your shots and you could get in and out of crank it up pretty easily you could hit four shots and you could get out but there's no points you don't get anything it's just you're in and you're out crank it up is where all the points are at and that's where it's a, once again risk reward do i want to keep building my jackpot do i want to keep going do i want to keep going just a few more shots let me build it let me build it okay i'm gonna cash out and then to cash out you have to hit the right scoop which is a quote it's an easy shot until you have to hit it until you have to hit it super high pressure and if you want to go one step further you can hit the piston targets on the left or the fuel targets on the left and then hit the left kind of fuel shot and that puts you in two times scoring for 30 seconds so if you cash out when that's going you just doubled your jackpot and i will tell you that is so much fun because you know you're building you're building you're building you're like okay i got a good thing going okay let's get two times going okay everything's lined up let's hit the scoop let's hit the scoop boom i did it cashed out and you just doubled you just went from 50 million jackpot to 100 million jackpot i mean it's it is an amazing feeling with that said, I only experienced that amazing feeling like three times because every other time you're building for it, you're building for it, you brick a shot, you drain, nothing. And that once again, like it's not the pin, you just hate yourself for gambling, for pushing it. And so what I will tell you is I thoroughly enjoyed Metallica, but I no longer own Metallica. Metallica lasted in my collection, I think, three weeks. And the reason being is I have a three-pin collection. Turtles is like a dream team for me. And Turtles has some amazing modes. It has co-op mode. It has half-shell challenge, which I will tell you right now, half-shell challenge is a game changer, in my opinion, for pinball. It's basically like a speed run built into a pinball machine. I absolutely love it. 
Love it, love it, love it. Half Shell Challenge and Turtles. Dwight, you're a genius for adding that in. And thank you so much for not making it like a mode that you get if you own the topper. It is a mode that everybody gets and it's incredible. Um, my friends and family have had more fun playing Half Shell Challenge than they have the actual game because it's endless ball save. It challenges them on very particular lit shots and they're starting to grasp like controlling pinball instead of just trying to keep the ball alive they're actually trying to hit one particular shot it is amazing half shell challenge i will probably talk way more about it in the future but anyways i have turtles and turtles is a hard game turtles is is challenging but there's a lot there not only a theme that i love but there's a lot there that i love so turtles in my opinion isn't going anywhere maybe ever TNA, I think I've voiced many, many times how much I love TNA. It has co-op. Once again, TNA, it's not going anywhere. So this third spot, there's kind of some pressure on this third spot of what fits, what works for me. And for me, I'm all about, I want a game that I want to play with other people. I want a game that's fun, but I also want a game that really like sucks me in and just brings me joy and happiness. Like I want theme integration. I want modes. I want good music. I want good display animations. I want... Like, I just want to get sucked into a pen. And what I will tell you is Metallica, it sucked me in, but not due to theme integration. I mean, it was it's good music, and it's, don't get me wrong, Metallica rocking out with Metallica is a good time. The, the DMD display is good. I was very close to buying a color DMD for it um, before I decided to end up trading away the game. But um, the reality is it's just, and it's, this may be a kind of a bold statement, but just at the end of the day, an LCD screen is way more enjoyable than a DMD display. It's just there's more there, and you can just do more with it. And that's not knocking DMD. It's just there's a reason LCD is it's more advanced. And I really enjoy that. And um, sounds and call-outs and speaker, like, it's just I'm enjoying modern pins more. And I'm, I don't know, that's... There's probably so many people that are in their car or whatever just rolled their eyes. And it's like, don't get me wrong. I've like, I had a taxi for a while and I love taxi. Like, taxi would be a game I'd love to have. That's not a DMD at all. There's good, there's some amazing pinball out there that are alpha, alpha, alpha numeric displays. Absolutely. But at the end of the day, what sucks me in more theme integration, call outs, pinball moments, good lighting, good this, good that. And the modern pins now with the color changing, uh, like, leds and the dmd and better speakers like that sucks me in more than some of these older games so metallica was great but i will tell you i just i just struggled i played it when i had it it was the game i played the most out of my three games but i just (laughs) it, it just it kicked my butt so much and it's like it just it was one of those things where i was having fun but i wasn't and it and what i mean by that is there wasn't I knew end of the line wasn't something I was ever going to achieve. And the modes, if I just want to experience the game, I could get to crank it up and just pick a different one. So I could see I could see every part of the game except for end of the line. End of the line. So when I played it, it wasn't like I was trying to experience a moment. When I was playing it, what I was trying to experience was cashing out that end of the line jackpot at double value. And I will tell you, it if that was something you like built up slowly... And then you could achieve in three balls. That's great. But that's not how it is at all. It's You have to work to get to end of the line. And then you have to execute everything perfectly to get it. And when you drain, it's gone. You're back to square one. And it's your fault because you pushed it. And that that to me was it's just like that amazing, joyful you know, feeling when you do it properly was so rare that I felt like I was just constantly getting beat up by it. So with all that said, Metallica, amazing game. It's actually way better than I was actually expecting it to be. But in a three-pin collection, I just it didn't fit for me. If I had a larger collection, 100% I would have a Metallica just because of the change of pace, just because of that push-it risk-reward. I understand now why Guns N' Roses, so many people are enjoying Guns N' Roses because it is the same thing, risk-reward. And I think for competitive players that enjoy that or highly skilled players, I get it. I totally understand why Metallica gets all the love it has. It's just, for me, three pins is too small of a collection for it to fit me and my play style. So there you go. There's my kind of short and sweet version of my wrap-up of Metallica. 
What ended up happening was a week after I got Metallica into the house, I actually had a guy, a local guy, reach out to me on Pinside and say, hey, do you have any interest in trading Metallica? I have Deadpool. I have a Deadpool Pro I'd be willing to trade. And Deadpool was another game that's been on my short list. It's actually been one of those games of what I potentially buy it new even. I've only played it a handful of times. Well, watching people stream it, I realized that is a fun game. And that's what you talk to anybody. It's like, what are your views on Deadpool? And people are like, I don't know. I just don't get it because I just play it and I just have fun. And I can't explain why, but I just have fun. And... I have some some people you know that I stream with uh, Tommy Jedi McMuffin Jordan and Becca at um, Fliptronic. You got George with Don't Panic Flip. Like all these people own Deadpool and they just have nothing but great things. Greg Bone he was straight down the middle. He's all he flips games all the time. Like Deadpool is kind of locked in in his location. So it's like okay, I, there's got to be something here. Let me give this a shot. And so for him to offer that. I feel like it was so much, somewhat unfair to owning Metallica because every time I would get my butt kicked by Metallica, in the back of my head, it's like, you're about to be out the door because I'm about to trade you for Deadpool. You know, am I giving you a fair shot? It was always like, am I enjoying this more than I would enjoy having a Deadpool? That was what I was asking myself. And so I ended up making the trade. So Metallica is out and Deadpool is in. And what I will tell you, I've only owned Metallica, or sorry, Deadpool like a week and a half. Um, it, it was a routed game. It definitely, there's some stuff on it that I'm needing to fix and work on, but overall it plays well. Um, but it, it, I'm going to get it to play better, but I will, I, I understand I will, my quick, my quick review of Deadpool is it, it's kind of clunky. It is definitely kind of clunky. I've definitely shot games with smoother shots. But when there are certain shots in the game, though, when you hit them, they feel great. I mean, that right lock, the katana lock, where it loops around and goes back through that ramp is such an amazing shot. Drop targets that catch the ball with little Deadpool. The scoop is in such a good position. It's fair. It's easy to hit, but you miss it when you need it. You know, when you need to knock out one of the bad guys, you get this heartbeat, this doop. Do, 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 do. that's speeding up and it's like hit the shot hit the shot hit the shot otherwise you're going to miss the points and it's just like trying to hit that shot when you hit it and it just sinks into that scoop it's it's awesome there's two spinners so the wah, bah, 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 like just so much spinner noise there's a lot there that's fun to shoot even though it's clunky but what i will tell you is i have fun playing that game the callouts, the theme integration is incredible. The music is fantastic. They wrote all these different songs for the game. And every time you hit start, it's a different song. And so the music is one of those games where I, I, I just, I want to hear that game. It was, it reminds me of Hobbit where it's just like the audio package adds so much to that game. And I would not expect that with Deadpool, you know, a comic book character that's not based off of a movie or something that has a a soundtrack or whatever that was made for it by Hans Zimmer or something crazy. I mean, this, it's an amazing sound package. And what I will tell you, the artwork, incredible, Zombie Yeti doing his thing. I mean, I have Turtles, love it. Deadpool, love it. What I will say, though, is like after having Avengers, the artwork's incredible, but Avengers, when you compare the theme integration of Deadpool to the theme integration of Avengers, it is almost night and day. Um, The sound package and the visual, you know, what's going on on the back box and the LCD display, the music, the callouts of of Deadpool is so much better than Avengers. And I'm not trying to say that to knock Avengers down. It just, it is. I mean, and I, I just think... They killed it with Deadpool. Deadpool really is incredible. I know I'm still in the honeymoon phase. There's a lot more like it's a harder game. I think some people complain that Deadpool is a long playing game. I haven't experienced it. I am I am getting my butt kicked in that game, but I'm enjoying the heck out of it, and I look forward to playing it a lot more. A lot more. So just wait to hear. Um, yeah. So that's that's kind of my stuff. Anybody that's listening to this, feel free. If if you think I'm silly for giving up Metallica, let me know. Um, I had multiple people in stream that were telling me, you know, coaching me or encouraging me to do this or like, do you see this? Do you experience that? Um, and Grant was one of them. He popped in multiple times and and just like preaching the love of Metallica. And I get it. I totally get it. I I, I agree with them. It just didn't stay. It didn't fit in my collection. But then I have other people that now that I have a Deadpool are like, dude, I love my I love my Deadpool. Like I'm 
I'm happy for you that you made like Tim Lee is one of the guys that he's like, you made a good choice. This is one of my favorite games. And just, it's cool getting that type of support from, uh, from different people in the community one way or the other. So anybody that's listening to this, feel free to email me, Joel. It's, it's, it's just another pinball at gmail.com or find me on Facebook, Joel Engelberth or Pinsides Joel Bob or anything. I mean, reach out to me. I'm curious what people's opinions are there. Um, and whether I made a good choice. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where I'm at uh, with my current collection. Um, but what I will say is after having Metallica in for a few weeks, you know, it's like, all right, I have a new pin. Well, what do I want to do to it? Um, what I will say is when I was first started the hobby, um, I was all about just trying to get a pinball machine. And watching pinball, like looking at Pinside and looking at this and all that, I just, to me, I never understood pinball mods i'm like why are you putting 3d printed plastic parts into your game or action figures or like why do you need to make it all colorful like why are you swapping out bulbs and then you look up the price and it's just like why are you wasting your money on these things you know like to me i i'm not a motorcycle owner but i understand the moment you buy a motorcycle you just start swapping things out for chrome or you know, cars to me, I've never really cared about high-end cars. So like people that put crazy nice wheels on their car, swap out different, like I just never understood that, you know, it's not adding functionality. It's just cosmetic. I just never understood it. But now that I have pinball machines, I totally understand why people use mods or mod their games. And so I've put together a list of 10 and it's not a top 10. It just happened to be 10, 10, what I consider essential mods at least for me of like this is a checklist of of when i'm getting a game if i'm buying a new game i know there are things that i'm gonna have to buy to add to it if i'm getting a used game it's like do these already are these already there are these things that i'm gonna have to add to it um so i'm gonna go through this list um and we're gonna talk through them all so number 10 uh number 10 NVRAM or a battery holder. Now, this really applies to older games, but with older games, if you have batteries on your boards in your back box, if the batteries themselves are are plugged into the back box, I've seen enough battery corrosion in the pins that I've repaired to realize get them off the board as soon as possible. Um, you really have two options there. You can either get an NVRAM chip where there are certain games where the RAM chip itself was it was volatile, I think is what it's called, which means that when it loses power, it loses its memory. Um, so that's why you had a battery in there is to const- give it a constant source of power to that chip. Well, you can swap that out now for NVRAM, which is non-volatile RAM, and it's just a tip- chip that you literally unplug, plug in the new one, and boom. Now you have RAM that saves itself even without power. You can just straight up take the batteries out you don't have to have batteries in the game at all um some games that's super easy to do other games you actually have to solder um certain things to get it in and out so there are some games where that's all i did boom put in nvram and i was done others it's like i don't i'm not as skilled enough to to be able to solder that so i'm not going to mess with it when those when you run into that there are other options um i know tna tnt amusements Frank has his battery board where there are a lot of games um, where you can take out the three um, AA batteries and basically put in like a watch battery. So there's a board. So you have to do some soldering, but what you're soldering is very large. It's very easy to do. So you're still going to have a battery, but it's going to be a watch battery that isn't going to leak. It's it's not going to corrode. It's easy to swap out. That would be something that I'd swap out. Um, or there was one time when I owned a shadow, there was an option to do a remote battery pack where there was actually like a plug on the board and it just, instead of having the batteries on the board, I was able to plug this cable in that ran and then I was able to have the batteries in its own little kind of box off to the side. Um, so whatever you do to me, that's essential. Get the battery. If there's batteries on the board now, modern Sterns and stuff, they already have a watch battery. You don't need to worry about it at all. But older games, if there's batteries plugged into your boards, uh, that was always like, yep, I got to figure out which which route am I going to go. NVRAM, one of Frank's battery boards, what am I doing? Um, so that was number 10. Number 9, this is somewhat uh, controversial, but LEDs. Um, in my opinion, there's some amazing LED technology out there. I am a fan of converting all my games to LEDs. 
Um, it helps with heat. It takes away less power. I think it's better for the games. It's nicer on the games. Um, well, all I'll say here, I mean, if you are a purist and you like, flu- uh, you know, the the original, what is it, fluorescent bulbs or no, incandescent bulbs, if that's your thing, fine, that's your thing. Um, what I will say is I don't, I never would color match. So color matching means if there's like a red insert in, in, in your play field, then you'd put a red bulb behind it. Never mess with any of that. Um, what I would do is I, what I will preach, and this is not sponsored by any means, but Comet Pinball, two SMD, so two surface mounted diode, frosted, so that's the dome that goes under it, is frosted, it kind of diffuses the light, sunlight, sunlight is between, there's a warm and a cool, warm is more yellow, cool is more blue, sunlight's right in the middle, that was my go-to, you get some wedge style, you get some bayonet style, and just replace every bulb in the game with those, and I was good to go. There were times when I would swap out different areas with potential colored things. If I thought, like on Shadow, um, underneath the, the modes, the modes themselves were just originally white. Well, I saw somebody that did like a purple. I thought that was really cool, so boom, put the purple in. Um, yes, so LEDs, I personally... That is, if I'm seeing an older game, I like already factor that in, knowing if they're not, if if it hasn't, if there's no LEDs in it, like that's going to be a hundred bucks, so or maybe even one fifty, depending on what's going on in the game. Like that's just, I just know I'm going to have to do it. The only game I didn't LED is I had an Eight Ball Deluxe, and that was an old enough game that I felt it made sense to just leave it, leave it incandescent. Um, yeah. Number eight. Art blades or mirror blades? Now we're starting to get into some of these things that really kind of only apply to more modern games. Um, I don't think I would have ever considered when I was had a taxi putting like art blades into taxi or art blades into eight ball deluxe. No, but I will say at least with modern sterns, what I realized is once I've had games that have art blades in them, to me the black walls just seem bare. And once you put art blades in a game, so art blades are the inside stickers basically that go on the inside walls uh, of, a, of a pinball machine. And I just think it just makes the entire game feel more like complete and enclosed. And it's like its own little world. It's, it's, it's the world under glass, you know. Um, so I, I actually bought the, uh, the official Stern art blades for my TN, uh, for my turtles. And I think they're, they're awesome. They're super good quality. They went on really well. Boom. So when I got Deadpool, like when I had Metallica, I was looking at art blades and there was some really cool, like power blades and you could do some really cool stuff out there, um, that I was thinking about buying. But when I ended up getting Deadpool, I ended up getting, um, some art blades from Tilt Graphics. They were easy to work with. Um, yeah, so I haven't put them on yet, but I'm looking forward to doing that. And then uh, in my TNA, I actually have mirror blades. Now, mirror blades are exactly what they sound like. They're mirrored. Um, and the only reason I went with mirror blades, I actually had the original art blades inside. I peeled them off, put mirror blades on, is because TNA, in my opinion, is all about light. So I thought the, the, the mirrors would allow more light. It would allow more of the light show to bounce around, and I'm really happy I did that. Um, what I will say is when you have mirror blades, you have to be very careful when you raise and lower your play field because you don't want to scratch them. Um, the art blades are a little more durable, so you're not going to scratch them, but you can. So it is something that when you put it in the game, you, you might scratch up your game. Uh, so just be prepared. But I think visually, like in my opinion, now that I have them in a few of the games, I feel like unless it's an older game, you're going to get art blades or mirror blades of some, of some sort. That was number seven. Um, what I did just realize, and I just thought of this, this is not on my list, but a random side note kind of goes with LEDs is pin stadiums. Pin stadiums are not a must-have in my opinion. They are a very expensive product, but what they do, they do well. So when I owned a Shadow, I ended up buying pin stadiums, and it was just because the game was so dark, I felt like it really needed it to see the game. Now, the game's called Shadow. Maybe it was supposed to be dark, but um, in my opinion, I like, I just the more light the better and i i i think they they really it's a good product for what they do um with that said when i stream i kind of made my own fake pin stadiums that are outside of the game that shine a ton of light on the game and um now that i've been streaming more and more i've really gotten used to playing all my games with that much light and so um i think added light is some people love it some people think it kills the mood but um 
I don't think I'd consider them a must-have. But with that said, like I'm not going to add it to TNA because the light show is so critical to that game that I don't want to just flood it with light. But I will probably add some sort of Penn Stadium, whether I make them or buy them, to both Turtles and Deadpool, just because I like having that art, that light to to add to the art. So yeah, random side note. Number seven. Number seven to me is an external volume control. Now, Stern, this is once again kind of more focused more on modern games. There's a ton of solutions out there. Pinovators has their own solution uh, that will work with even older games. But Pinball Life has kind of a knockoff version that will work with Stern games. That's like 50 bucks compared to Stern's $100 version. Um, I have one of those on Turtles. I just bought one for Deadpool. Um, I The sound in these new games, what sold me on this is when I had Hobbit. Hobbit had one of these built into the game. It, it came with the game. So I had I had the ability to turn up or down the volume with, with buttons outside the cabinet, but I also had a headphone jack. And what I will tell you is having two small kids, there were a lot of nights when I really want to listen to that noise, the sound of the game that I would put on headphones, plug into the cabinet, and you could just get lost in that world. Um, and it was quiet. Um, I know there are people, like Travis Murray is one of them, that they put external subs or a sub out. Pinnovators has this awesome kit to, to have a sub out jack to add an external sub for all their games. And I put a sub on Hobbit. It was awesome. I would highly recommend it. The only challenge is it doesn't really work right now in my life because of when I'm playing pinball, it's typically when my kids are asleep. So as much as I'd love to crank the games, the only way I can crank the games is with headphones on. So both I have the Pinovator kit and my TNA, and then I have the Pinball Life kits in both Deadpool and Turtles um, so that I can plug in headphones, crank it up, and just really enjoy the music. And I will say, um, there's a lot there to enjoy. So I would highly recommend it. It's 50 bucks. It's well spent. Even just for the ability to turn up or down the game without having to open the, lo- the lockbox, fantastic. So an external volume control. Number six, uh, fluorescent plastic protectors. Now, this is one of those things that it's like, geez, now don't you know you don't want your game to look like a clown you know puked all over it or like that's kind of gaudy but what i will tell you is i bought all the fluorescent plastic protectors when i owned a guardians of the galaxy um i've seen them in trons i saw zach's uh stranger things had them i have a set in turtles in the front inserts i just bought a set for deadpool um what's really neat about the fluorescent plastic protectors is basically what you just did was create almost like a neon lit light colored ring around your protector so or around your plastic so when the light shines up through it really what it's illuminating is the edge of the plastic and in guardians it fit perfectly it fit the theme perfectly the even just having them back in the pop bumpers was huge it just to me it added so much more color and just this visual bright lines around the plastics um i was sold so I have looked at the plastic protector. I just bought a set for Deadpool around the, 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 the front plastics. I have a set that was custom made for that they saw on Pinside that kind of looked like green slime for turtles. Um, and then I had the green set in my TNA. The only thing about the plastic protectors, though, is you are now adding a color underneath all of your plastics. So and TNA has a set that's green. Well, TNA, almost all the plastics in that are some sort of gray color. And when you add this lime green plaster protector under, under it, what you just now made was all of your grays are now kind of a yellowish gray. And to me, that that really bothered me. Like I, I have to have a neutral gray. I work in the print industry. Neutral gray is kind of like a key thing to whether or not your color is right at all. That really bothered me. But what that said, when you added blue light underneath, the way those green plaster protectors would glow when you're in multi-ball was incredible. So... That's just one of those things where I want to keep my plastics protected, but I also just adding that extra light, that that extra color element is really, really neat. So thumbs up for me for plastic, fluorescent plastic protectors for your games. Number five, when it comes to pinball rubbers, you know, when you buy a brand new Stern, everything's black. And what I will say is I am a fan of Titan pinball rubbers. Um, I know pinball life now has their own version of kind of uh type of colored bands i know there's super bands i know there's others out there 
but I will just, from my experience, I have had nothing but good experiences with Titan. Um, and so to me, swapping out the rubbers on your game can really make it more your own. And this is an easy way to make it like, what colors do you like? For whatever reason, a lot of, I like purple. Purple is one of my favorite colors. So a lot of modern Stern games like Turtles, Turtles, the flippers are yellow. So I want to put purple on them because purple and yellow, they're complementary colors. I like purple. Um, some people are like, oh, so those are Donatello flippers. It's like, no, not necessarily. Like maybe you should just put green, but it's just visually what, you know, you're looking at the flippers a lot. So I just make them what you want them to look like. Um, I put purple on TNA. Also, what I put on TNA is Titan makes glow-in-the-dark rubbers. So that's really neat. That works really well in TNA. So when you're in multi-ball and you have a blue light all throughout the play field, now all of a sudden all my my rubber in the game are glowing. Um, Stranger Things, a lot of people are putting the -the glow-in-the-dark rubber bands on on everything in Stranger Things because when the UV light kick turns on, boom, everything in your game is glowing. Um, so I know when I owned a Simpsons, I was very meticulous and I kind of color coordinated the rubbers all throughout the, the play field, which was really neat, um, and add some really cool effects. But what I've gotten to now is I basically pick my flipper cover. I may pick different colors for the, the, the posts and small rubbers, but what I've been really leaning towards is, um, on the slings or anything else that has a lot of light behind it, you go with translucent. You go with a clear rubber because in my opinion, that is blocking less light. It's letting more light out and um, it's just a nice kind of go-to. So it's, it's easier to just kind of stock up on a bunch of those translucent ones. So now like all the slings in my games have translucent rubbers except for TNA, which has glow in the dark, which is kind of translucent. Um, but to me, I, I find that important. There are some people that think it, it really hurts the gameplay, but it just, it, it just comes down. I mean, it's your game. You get used to it, whether it's bouncier or not, grippier or not, you get used to it. So, um, I don't know. I, for one, am a fan of, of Titan pinball rubbers. Number four, a shaker motor. I love having a shaker motor in my games. Um, that's very easy on modern games. Almost every game, modern game is coded for a shaker motor. Every, every shaker motor I've had, if it didn't come with it, I bought from pinball life because they have like a cheaper version than the official stern one or whatnot. Um, but TNA shaker motor, you gotta have it. If, if you, if your game was made by Scott Denisi, you better have a shaker motor in your game because what he does with it is incredible. Um, but I shaker motor that's one I actually bought when I started borrowing games from Zach so when I had Stranger Things and when I had Avengers I actually bought a separate shaker motor so that when I was essentially borrowing these games I would put it in and then when I give it back I'd take it out because to me it adds a whole nother kind of interaction between the game and you you know that tactile interaction when you're when you're in a multi-ball and you're just trying to keep balls alive and watching different things. Sometimes you don't realize you're hitting shots, but when you have a shaker motor, you can feel it because, you know, oh, I just hit that Demogorgon. The game shook. I must have just hit it. Or, you know, I just hit a jackpot. So the game shook. Like, to me, a shaker motor is a must. So I was really surprised when I was talking to Travis Murray. He said he always turns his off. And I don't know if it distracts him. Like, he's like, if I buy an LE, it comes with a shaker motor, and I typically turn it off. That really bummed me out because I, I'm all about shaker motors. I think they add a ton of theme integration. And I think what's really neat is there was, um, I don't know the exact name and I apologize for that, but there was a company that actually came out recently that's all about making a board and making the ability to like add shaker motors to older games. So like Whitewater or Adam's Family or these other ones where you can code it in where to certain flashers or different things. Um so if I had an older game, I'd, I'd consider it. If, if it made sense, I would, I'd, I just, to me, a shaker motor is a must, an absolute must. Um, so that leaves me to my, essentially my top three. I know they're not in order, but this is something that I have, I have learned recently are absolute musts. Um, number three, a speaker light kit. Now, what I will say is speaker light kit. If you go to speakerlightkit.com. Doug, I have reached out to Doug. I've talked to Doug. Doug is a super nice guy. And to be 100% transparent and honest, um, Doug and I have kind of worked together. And um, he actually has provided me a light kit to put on my Deadpool so that when I stream, I can promote his product. Uh, With that said, 
I was planning on buying the light kit anyway. I've already bought one. I already own Turtles. And this is a, once I've had it on one game, this is something I will purchase and put on, even if I hadn't talked to Doug, this is something that I would be buying for every one of my modern Sterns from here on out. Um, when you look at a Stern LE, they have a different type of speaker. It's a five and a quarter inch speaker. And there's this fluorescent ring around the speaker. It just visually, it's right next to the LCD. It just adds another visual element to the game. Now, when I got TNA, TNA had the option to add speaker lights to it. And now that I've had a game that has the speaker, like lit speakers with colors in the speakers, to me, a back box just looks bland if they're not there. Now, with that said, would I ever buy speaker lights for like a taxi or an 8-ball deluxe? No. But I looked at it and it's like, okay, even Metallica, like an older Spike, what is it, White Star game, like I thought about getting speaker Like once you have it in one, you, I, I just it, it's got to be on all of them. So to me, it's just a heads up. If you end up adding it to one, prepare yourself. It's kind of like a color DMD. Well, that's another side note. I'm a big, I'm a huge fan of Color DMD. Is it a must? Maybe not, just to how expensive it is. But almost every DMD game I've had ended up getting a Color DMD. I just, to me, it completed the game. Back to speaker light kits. Um, it's just a great product. Um, Stern's games, modern Stern games, unless you get the the higher end games, they come with a with an eight ohm small four inch speaker. And when you look at them, they are pretty low end. And I just think the sound quality has improved so much and the sound packages have improved so much in these modern games that what I have found is now I will replace those speakers. So Doug has a kit. It, it, it gives you these metal plates to swap out the four inch speakers with a five and a quarter inch speaker. There's a Kenwood car speaker that he recommends. You buy it off Amazon. It's like 40 bucks. You get these two speakers. They're now four ohm speakers. You have to solder them in, but you just... But it's just two wires. It's a piece of cake. So you got a plate. It's just unscrew a few screws, take out the foam of the old one, put in the new plate. Then you have your speaker light kit. You don't even have to have the speaker lights, but even just the upgraded speakers, I think, is worth it. Um, now, another side note, I know there's some up, there's like Flipper Fidelity and there's other companies out there that make some amazing drop-in replacement speakers. They're probably great. I've just never had an opportunity to try one. Hey, if anybody's hearing this and wants to give, you know, wants me to give a review, I'd be happy to. But um, for now, the forty dollar, the forty dollar Kenwood speakers is that's a great upgrade for relatively cheap. Um, so not only are you getting more of an audio package, but the speaker light kit—it's an amazing metal bracket. You then pick your fluorescent ring, which is pretty cool, so you can add color there. And then it's a it's a LED, like it's a 3D printed part that's transparent with LED strips in it. And you get a remote, and there's all these different LED different displays. It's like, well, what color do you want? The Kenwood speakers are like a silver look on the inside. So what, what color light do I want shining in on those? And do I want them to animate or not? I mean, you could do so many really, really cool things. And so in my lineup, now that I have it on Turtles, it's like, well, it's got to go on Deadpool. Um, it's a great product. It's super easy to install. The electronics and everything that come with it, it plugs in well. It just, I have nothing but good things to say about working with Doug and speaker light kits. Um, I know there are other companies that make light kits. Um, I, they're maybe they're fine, but I will tell you, I will happily continue to work with, with Doug and speaker light kits because it's a quality product. And, um, yeah, I bought, when I bought it for turtle, the reason I bought it for turtles was Zach at flipping out pinball, his pinball showroom. He has a, pretty much all LEs, but he added light kits to everyone. And he's like, yep, once you add it to one, you got to add them all. And it, I was like, okay, that's incredible. Like it, it visually adds a ton to the way the game looked. So I was like, turtles is my game. It's dream theme for me. So once I got it for turtles, I was like, all right, that is incredible. So now pretty much I'll tell you right now, any, any modern Stern that comes in that ends up permanently in my, in my collection will get a light kit from speaker light kits and a speaker upgrade. Um, it's a must, it's a must in my opinion. That was number three. Number two, pretty much everything that pin monk P-I-N-M-O-N-K, pretty much anything that Pinmonk sells. That's Virulent on Pinside, um, and I think his real name is Victor Ireland. I think that's right, but Pinmonk, pretty much anything that Pinmonk sells, 
is my number two. There's three main things I will go into there. Um, once again, full disclosure, I have I have actually worked with um, Virland on one of these products, and I created an awesome relationship there. And he has also essentially sponsored or given me uh, a few of these products so that when I'm streaming, I can help promote his products. But with all that said, this is not me trying to be a shill. I'm telling you, I was going to buy all these products anyways, and they work great, and I cannot recommend them enough. So let's go through them. Number one, this is a product that I bought. I bought it both for, um, what was it? I bought it for TNA originally. That is the Spinmonk Quiet Fan. Both the power supplies that are in Stern Games and the power supply that were in Spooky Games are so loud. I understand it's important that the fans work and they keep your power supply cool, but unless you're in a sauna or unless your game is sitting out in the sun or it's going to be on 24-7, for you to fire up your game and it's sitting there idle and the fan is just just going to town, it's really rough. And so I will say he has done an amazing job. He has this amazingly well-illustrated instruction manual, shows you exactly how to do it. I will tell you the spooky one was a little harder than the stern one, and that really just deals with the accessibility of where the power supply is. But you unscrew a few screws, unplug this, boom, plug this in. I mean, you're in and out in, what, 20 minutes? It is a must-have. I I think it is an absolute must-have for... um, Pretty much any spooky game or stern game. Um, the quiet fan is a must-have. Speaking of which, fans. Another thing that he has started to do, and I will tell you, when I first heard about this, I thought it was uh, kind of ridiculous. I thought it was really silly. But he makes these fan kits that bolt on to your flippers. So underneath the play field, they bolt onto your flippers to blow air on your flipper coils. And you wonder why. And it's because the coils get really hot. In modern games, he has a few charts on his websites. There are certain modern games that, for whatever reason, the coils get way hotter than other games. And um, one of the biggest games that kind of pushed that was Stranger Things. Stranger Things, the longer you played it... And that's another thing. These games, you can. there's so much depth to the code... That the further you get into the game, if all of a sudden, you know, let's say Stranger Things, if you were originally reliably able to backhand that left ramp and you're getting further and further and further and then you try that shot and now all of a sudden that shot's not making it and it's coming back and it's going straight down the middle, it's like almost a race against time. Like how far can I get in this before my flippers just get weaker and weaker and weaker? And why is that? It's because the coils are getting hot and staying hot. And so he has actually made these brackets that blow air on the coils to keep them cool so that when you're playing the game it plays it consistently um one way you can see that carl ie pinball has actually on his streams his guns and roses streams he's had a big issue with his flippers with guns and roses he is actually testing a bracket right now for jjp games for um virland with this and he actually has the displays, the temperature probe displays on his stream. So you can see as he plays how much they're heating up. Um, what's cool is I've actually done that. I've done that with him. I had reached out to him. This was a while ago to ask whether or not there was any, there was a flipper kit for spooky games. And he said no. And I told him, I said, one day I streamed TNA for like three hours and there was something on the glass, like there was something on the play field dust or something so after i was done streaming i I slid the glass off and when i reached when i when i went to reach in to to pull whatever the debris was off i put my hand kind of in the center of the play field and i realized the wood between the slings the wood was warm that's how hot the coils were underneath the coils were so hot that they made the brackets underneath warm and that heat transferred up through the play field and once i felt that once i felt my play field was hot i was like that's not good there's no way that's good for my play field. So I asked him if he if he had that. And he said, no, but I'd be willing, if you want to work with me on testing that, that would be great. I said, sure. So I had to take some pictures of my power supply. He mailed me out the temperature probes that clipped on my, my thing. And I had to play TNA for an hour straight, measuring every five minutes to the temperature. And I played that. Then I put his fans, which at the time were the speaker fan kit. They didn't really mount correctly on a spooky game. 
but we saw improvement. So he designed a new mount, sent a mount, tested again. Then he decided, I think it was like three iterations and we finally found a mount that actually worked really well. And that's now what he sells, which is awesome. So working with him, building a really good rapport there, I will tell you speaker flipper, like flipper fan kits are kind of almost a must now for me in modern games. I want to make sure like I can backhand my left ramp on turtles. I want to make sure if I can backhand it when I turn the game on, I can still backhand it an hour later. Um, Deadpool is there will be a speaker of flipper fan kit on my Deadpool. Um, same thing. It's, I just want to make sure I can hit my shots consistently and reliably. Um, so yeah, highly recommend great product, easy to install, great instructions, that's the flipper fan kit. Uh, take If you don't want to take my word for it, message Carl at IE Pinball or watch one of his streams and you'll see it's a must. And the last thing that Veerland sells, he sells a few other things, but the last thing that I would speak highly of is he makes these LED color insert panels. So what that means is on modern Stern games, um, there's a lot of inserts that are clear that have RGB LED like lights underneath them. But then there are other inserts where they're just a white light. And so like on Turtles, all of the bad guys in the middle are just white lights. On Deadpool, the boom targets, the one to four power up, the bad guys in the middle, all just white lights. And if it was an older game, it would be really easy. You just swap out the bulb with a colored bulb and you make it whatever you want. Well, you can't do that on these modern games. So what what he has made are these plastic brackets that have a that have a colored film that you just easily mount under the playfield and um, they're super easy to install but they just add a whole nother dynamic kind of visual effect to the game so uh, I think they're reasonably priced I think they look really cool and if you ever watch my stream this is just another pinball stream when you see me stream Deadpool or Turtles you'll see that you'll see the inserts I haven't put them in Deadpool yet they're still in the mail but you will see the inserts are a different color, and I think they just overall add a lot to the game. Um, so yeah, those are the three Penmonk uh, products that I that they get a big thumbs up from me. And last but not least, once again, I said there was no particular order here, but this is I'm telling you, if I I would do this is the most important thing that I put on a pinball machine. Number one is a pin gulp. <laughs> now, there are some people that are like, no, drinks should not get anywhere near my pinball machine. Yes, they drinks are important. You So absolutely, every pinball machine needs a pin gulp, which is a cup holder. Um, you can buy them on Pinball Life. There's a few other websites I have, them. there are people that do like custom ones where they buy them black and then paint them or do different things. But to me, a pin gulp is 100% a must-have mod. Um yeah, I don't think I really have to go too much further into that than that. You gotta, you gotta have somewhere to put your, put your drink. Now the, the, the only question is which side, right side, left side. Do you mount it so it's on the side of your game, or do you mount it towards the front of the game? I don't know. To me, right side, right side of the game. That's what I do. Um, but yeah, those all together are my. Those would be what I would consider our must-have mods, or at least that's in my mind. I got a new game. What is it that I'm going to, I need to make sure are on my game. So if you agree with me, disagree with me, if there's something I missed out, if there's another mod I need to try, anything like that, once again, feel free to email me or reach out to me, but just another pinball at gmail.com. Um, so yeah, to wrap everything up, a few quick thanks. Um, like always, I need to thank uh, Jeff Twip. He he helps uh, some of us that are making content. He supports us in that. So Twip is an amazing met website. Uh, Will and Jeff are awesome people to work with. Um, so yeah, thank you for this week in pinball. There's the pinball promoters database, uh, which I'm on. I'm no longer in the top 10. That's really kind of blown up, but I'm okay with it. Uh, it's just fun. I mean, the reviews I have, I have 21. I really appreciate the people that have sent me reviews. The latest review was from Jared W. He just said, great pinball perspective. I've been listening to Joel at Just Another Pinball since he started, and I always look forward to his upcoming episodes. Joel has always has a fresh take and does not reiterate talking points from Pinside or other podcasts. I also enjoyed his recent Scott Denise interview. Keep up the great work. Jared, I really appreciate it. Thank you, thank you, thank you for the feedback. Um, there's some great podcasts out there. And yeah, um, I'm happy to talk about some of the stuff they shared. But at the end of the day, I know there's there's really no reason to just talk about the same stuff. Um, but yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the feedback. 
Um, Silverball Swag, I have some merch on there. Uh, Will, working with him, has been awesome. So feel free to check me out at, at Silverball Swag if you have any interest in any of my stuff. I've also helped with some of their DMD shirts and some of the other fun stuff on there. So feel free to check that out. Um, I do need to thank uh, Veerland and Doug. So Veerland at Penmunk, Doug at Speaker Light Kids. Thank you for supporting me and the channel and helping me out with some of the products I already love and just and, um, supporting me there. And last but not least, emails. I have too many emails to go through. Um, I'll just say real quick, just uh, just thank you to uh, Sean and Grant and Tim and um, who else? Uh, Matthew, Joseph. There's some amazing people that have reached out to me um, and just... I, I'm really enjoying it. Michael, I'm really enjoying just the conversation and the feedback there. So once again, feel free to reach out to me, Joel Engelberth at, uh, on Facebook or um, just another pinball gmail.com. So I think that's probably it for me. Um, I, yeah, hopefully I'll have a chance to do a few more interviews here and um, be happy to share my thoughts on some other games once I have a chance to play them. But hopefully this was entertaining to you. Hopefully uh, you all have hopped on and went out and just bought a few more mods. Um, tell them that I sent you. <laughs> tell them. I um, would love that. And um, thank you for the list. Thank you for listening. Thank you for the support. Feel free to catch me at just another pinball stream on Twitch uh, every Wednesday, 10 to midnight, 10 to one Eastern standard time. I will tell you March 6th is my birthday. And uh, I think I'm going to stream uh, March. I'm, I'll probably stream that either that Friday night or that Saturday night. So watch out for that. That's just another pinball stream um, on Twitch. Um, Otherwise, yeah, thank you for your continued support, and hopefully you guys will hear from me again real soon. Thanks. Bye.